Shot corn, inspect the deck. Dirty hole getting low with his flow. Introduced in the ghost face killer. Welcome to the Kung Fu Drive-In Podcast. Adjust your speaker box, sit back, relax, and remember, your Kung Fu may be good, but mine is better. <laughs> As a ruthless killer tracks down his enemies one by one, a young student has to find the remaining old masters to learn their unique kung fu styles so that he can exact his revenge. Welcome to the Kung Fu Drive-In Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Vita, and in this episode, we put our pieces in play to figure out the mystery of chess boxing. The Mystery of Chess Boxing is a 1979 kung fu film directed by Joseph Kuo and starring kung fu brothers Mark and Jack Long, Lee Yi Min, and Simon Yun. The clip at the beginning of the show is, of course, from The Mystery of Chess Boxing from the album Enter the Wu-Tang 36 Chambers. And Wu-Tang Clan member Ghostface Killer took his name from the villain in this flick, which, by the way, is one of the coolest villain names in kung fu film history. The film's opening title sequence takes place on a Chinese chessboard with the film stars Li Yi-Min and Jack Long showing off their skills. There's a crazy little sequence where Li Yi-Min bends backwards and fights Jack Long from a position that defies gravity and physics, but it's cool to watch. I'll post a pic so you can see what I mean, but right now let's jump into the film. Fight scene. You gotta love it when a movie opens up with a fight scene. But this movie opens up with Ghostface Killer himself descending upon his first target, a family man who's out fishing with his wife and son. Ghostface Killer throws down a signature plate that's immediately recognized by the target. He sends his wife and son off into the bushes for their protection while he prepares to face off against his old enemy. We don't yet know why Ghostface Killer is after these guys, but he seems pretty hell-bent on making sure they all die. Actor Mark Long absolutely lives in this role and shows off some really fancy moves as he breaks out his unique five elements style. The fisherman seems to be able to hang, but with the way Mark Long moves, you always get the sense that Ghostface Killer is just toying with his prey. These guys take turns flipping and tumbling all over the place until Ghostface Killer lets off a few kicks, then climbs onto the fisherman's shoulders with his legs wrapped tightly around the guy's throat. He begins to squeeze tightly, and the fisherman drops as GFK punctuates the kill with his signature laugh. We then cut to outside a farmer's cottage as he's stepping out into the field. From behind the shack steps Ghostface Killer himself, where he calls out to the guy, then throws down another of his decorative signature plates. GFK again breaks out his five element style, and the farmer does everything he can to hold off the attack. Mark Long gets to show off some of his leg fighting skills here, and it looks so good and so lethal, but the farmer actually puts up a great fight, and even manages to rip away some of GFK's shirt, which, if you watch enough kung fu, is akin to slapping Hulk Hogan across the face and awakening the sleeping giant. Ghostface Killer comes back with an absolutely brutal attack that drops the farmer back on his heels until GFK throws him backwards into a shack for the final time. That's two pretty blistering fight sequences back to back, which is a nice way to start a kung fu movie. From there, we head into a village square where we join some guys playing Chinese chess, or as it's known in China, chess. No, actually it's known as Shang-Chi. And for the comic geeks out there, one has to wonder if writer Steve Englehart and artist Jim Starling didn't just directly lift this name for their master of kung fu, Shang-Chi. Anyway, we focus on one nervous-looking fella as he's considering his next move against the old chess master running the tables. The old master's granddaughter makes his moves for him while an onlooker coaxes the guy into his next move. Unfortunately, the move turns out to be a bad one, which is not at all appreciated by the nervous player. Damn it! You interfered! Didn't mean to! The onlooker claims ignorance and casually drops that he was just on his way to kung fu school anyway. Coincidentally, the chess player happens to be the head student at the Chen Sin school, and he's not exactly enamored with the idea of accepting this kid. The kid, however, takes a look at the gangly, obnoxious player and takes a calculated gamble. I think that you're lying. Fight scene. 
The senior student proceeds to beat the stuffing out of this kid in a not-so-elegant display of rudimentary kung fu skill. The kid, however, is at a severe disadvantage, but he does prove that he can take a good deal of punishment. Their clumsy antics leave the senior student trapped under the heavy chest table, and after he's freed, he advances on the kid with the notion of killing him. As he moves to strike, his arm is held back by the pipe of the old chestmaster. Insulted by the gall of the old man, the senior student tries to fight back, but the old chestmaster quickly and easily takes the fight out of him and gets him to give up and walk away. Kid, I won't kill you, but I won't forgive you until you cut out to me! Unfortunately, if this kid wants to learn Kung Fu from the Chen Sin school, he's going to have to suck it up and swallow his pride. The next day, we join the kid, Ah Pao, as he makes his way to the school, stopping every few steps to kowtow. When he gets to the main door, he's met by the senior student, who's no dummy and recognizes an opportunity when it's presented to him. You apologized, but there's a few formalities. Do you know that? <laughs> the first one... Uh, yeah. Hey, brother, just tell me. I'll do it. The senior student then starts a program of humiliation that begins with getting the kid to show off his kung fu skill, or lack thereof. Li Yi Min goes through some of his moves and does a great job of showing just how little he actually knows. He's off balance and clumsy, but when another student comes at him with a sword, he manages to display some effective evasive techniques. This is a big comedic sequence that'll seem very derivative if you've watched any Jackie Chan films. In fact, a year earlier, Jackie Chan's drunken master broke onto the scene and defined a new category of martial arts cinema. This film borrows very heavily from some of those elements, with Lee Yi Min taking on the bumbling student with lots of untapped potential role. Unfortunately, Lee Yi Min, while a dynamo in his own right, isn't as comedically engaging as Jackie Chan was, and I realize that's a tall order, but that's what director Joseph Kuo was going for, and it actually kind of fractures the movie into a kind of bipolar beast that's one part revenge tale with a badass villain and one part comedic coming-of-age tale. It does eventually dovetail together, as we'll soon see. Anyway, after avoiding sword and staff, the kid eventually has to cry uncle. The senior student's about to go in for some more, but is stopped when the school headmaster puts an end to it all. Enough! I declare I take him as my pupil! However, even though he's now officially a student, the hazing doesn't stop there. Later in the dining area, as the students are sitting down to their meal, the senior student makes up a rule that the noobs must serve rice to the senior students. Apao does as he's told and doles out rice to all the other students, but every time he thinks he's gotten everyone served, a student wolfs down his rice and requests another bowl. Apao finds himself unable to eat because he's constantly serving the others until there's no rice left for himself. The humiliation continues that evening when Apao has to wash the senior student's feet, much to the delight of the other seniors. The next day, as the students are training, Apao finds himself on kitchen duty hauling water for the cook. At this point, Apao is still so green that he can't even lift the heavy iron lid covering a kettle. But while he's in the kitchen anyway, he spots some freshly prepared food without any other students there to have to serve, so he sits down to help himself. But before he can dig in, the cook shows up for his meal and stops Apao, but recognizing that he's just a hungry student, offers him a challenge. You're hungry? Want food? All right. I'm gonna eat my rice. You steal one grain? You've won. You can come and eat here anytime. Uh -huh. Apao then does everything he can to grab just one grain of rice, but what he doesn't expect is that the cook is, of course, more than meets the eye. No matter how Apao moves, the cook, whose name is Yun, is able to dodge and weave, all while tossing his rice bowl out of Apao's reach. Yun balances the bowl on his foot, flips backwards while he's eating, hops onto a hot stove, and even dupes Apao into eating a bowl of soap. After a few minutes of trying to deal with cook foo, Apao has to sit back as Yun finishes his bowl and kicks back. The ever-observant Apao, however, notices that there is one kernel of rice left dangling from the edge of the bowl, which he swoops in and steals, fulfilling his end of the challenge. The character of Yun, by the way, is played by Simon Yun, who's made a career in kung fu films playing the mentor that is hidden in plain sight. 
In Drunken Master, he played his most famous character, Beggar So, who taught the brash student Jackie Chan his eight drunken god style of kung fu. Simon Yun also got in on the Wu-Tang game as the rapper Old Dirty Bastard took his name from one of Yun's films, Old Dirty and the Bastard. Anyway, Ah Pao sits down to eat while Yun goes over to the stove to grab some more food. After Yun easily lifts the lid and puts it aside, Ah Pao has his eureka moment. That iron lid weighs a ton. Hmm. His kung fu must be good. He then drops to the floor and bows to Yun, calling him teacher, but Yun will not have it. Huh? Hey, hold it, hold it, hold it. I'm just a cook. I'm no kung fu teacher. I could teach you cooking here. That's all. <laughs> Yun prods Ah Pao for his reason for being at the school, and when Ah Pao tells him that it's revenge, we jump cut away to... Fight scene. A guy just minding his own business gets a Ghostface plate thrown at him, and Ghostface Killer leaps onto the scene, knocking the guy on his back. The next line here was used in a DJ Hazard rave dance floor hit, Killers Don't Die. You're not dead. I'm a killer, that's why. Killers don't die so easy. Ghostface Killer falls back on his five element style and we have another really dynamic exchange that's more close quarter hand fighting. GFK manages to get inside on his opponent and lands a punch in the guy's armpit which immediately stains his shirt red with blood. We cut back to the kitchen where Yoon is separating rice noodles while Ah Pao is training with baskets of produce on his stomach. Ah Pao calls Yoon his teacher, but Yoon is insistent that he's anything but. What I teach you isn't good enough. And I am not your teacher. And if you call me teacher, I'll send you away. <laughs> so this is the typical trope of training without training that most people will know from the wax on wax off technique taught by Mr. Miyagi in The Karate Kid. Yoon reiterates that he's not teaching Ah Pao anything, but then adds that even if he were, whatever he learns still won't be enough and he would need to go somewhere else to complete his training. What is the Pottern family? Hey y'all, it's Juliette Miranda from the Unwritable Rant Podcast. This is Michael Vasquez of the No Sound Bites Allowed Podcast. I'm James Hatton. I'm Podcast Rob from the Something Something Cast. This is Knock from the Geek Over Podcast. This is Jeff with the Kung Fu Drive-In Podcast. This is Daniel from the Toe on the Trigger Podcast. This is Dave from the Parlapod Podcast. Hey guys, this is Mike from the Mike Jolet Show. Woo! We're Josh and David from the Scotch and Flicks Podcast. We are you. Podcasters coming together in a community to help one another grow. So follow us on Twitter at Potter Family. Use the hashtag Potter Family in your tweets and retweet other people who do the same. Potter Family, where great podcasts come home. Back in the village at the Chessmaster's tables, Ghostface Killer shows up and eyes the old man warily. When the granddaughter invites GFK to play some chess, he responds rather harshly. Mm. A stupid game. Years ago, I did know of one man who could play well. He was... Chisu Tin, so they said. I never met him, but one of these days I will. To test if he has indeed found the right guy, Ghostface Killer flicks a chess piece towards the old man, which embeds itself in the wall behind him. The old guy gets up and tries to calm GFK down, but Ghostface Killer keeps prodding. He crushes a chess piece and holds it out for the old man to receive, but when he does, Ghostface Killer grabs his wrist and tries to get him to fight. Old Man Chi takes the beating with no complaint, which tells Ghostface Killer that he's got the wrong guy after all. GFK huffs off disappointed, while the old man decides that it's time to close up shop and get out of Dodge. We cut back to Ah Pao as he's dealing with more hazing by having to empty out piss pots late at night. As he takes a pee break of his own, a frog hops into the chamber pot, which startles the next student to use it. 
This wakes everyone up, and the now-awake senior student asks for some tea. Ah Pao, still with piss pot in hand, goes to prepare another pot, but in his sleepy stupor, accidentally pours a cup of piss for the senior, and the senior takes a big old swig before spitting it out. The next morning in the dining hall, the hazing continues as Ah Pao still has to fetch rice for everyone, but this time, it's a bit different as Ah Pao has learned a lot of cooked food since that first day. Goaded by the senior, students begin wolfing down their rice and throwing the empty bowls at Ah Pao, but he manages to catch every bowl and deftly balances them while filling them with rice. He turns and steps while tossing the full bowl back to the students, which land perfectly in their hands. It's a cool little trained seal act which garners Ah Pao some level of respect from his fellow students. All except the senior student, of course, who gets the face full of rice when he puts Ah Pao's newfound skills to the test. The schoolboys take things outside where the senior student is determined to teach Ah Pao a lesson. Fight scene. The senior student goes in and looks absolutely clumsy next to Ah Pao, who's blocking all of his shots with ease. Ah Pao even manages to trash talk while the flustered senior tries to land a few blows. During the fight, the senior throws a punch that hits something hard under Ah Pao's belt. Yeah, I just said that. Oh, uh, uh, what's in there? Huh? Ah Pao takes out the ghost-faced killer plate that he's been holding onto. The school headmaster happens on the scene and demands to see the plate. When he sees it, he realizes something frightening. Oh, ghost-faced killing plate! So he's not dead then. <laughs> teacher, he carries it around with him. The teacher accuses Ah Pao of colluding with Ghostface Killer and is so blinded by his rage that he lashes out at Ah Pao. You are sent to kill me! <laughs> he then proceeds to slap Ah Pao around without giving him a chance to explain. When he realizes that Ah Pao isn't remotely close to skilled enough to have been his assassin, he stops the beatdown and banishes Ah Pao from the school. Fight scene. Meanwhile, Ghostface Killer is busy with his little killing spree. We catch up with him mid-fight with another target. Mark Long again gets to show off more of his acrobatic skills here with a cool finishing move where he locks his legs around the victim, pops up, and clamps his hands around the guy's temples, then flips backwards and throws the guy a few feet. Then, like a boss, he doesn't even look back as he laughs and the guy drops dead. Ah Pao, meanwhile, has made his way to the chess master's home carrying the heavy iron lid with him. When the old man spots the lid, he questions Ah Pao and learns that the cook, Yun, sent him there to finish his kung fu training. But the old man throws some cold water on Ah Pao's ambitions. Kung fu? Yeah! Well, I could teach you chess, but kung fu. <laughs> ah Pao seems a little disappointed, so he picks up the lid and starts to walk away. <sighs> Guess Yon made a mistake. However, Master Chi's crush-stricken granddaughter persuades the old man to give Ah Pao a look. Granddad, come on! Uncle Yon sent him here. See what he's got? That's a real heavy pot lid. I'll bet that he's really strong. Somehow, being able to lift a heavy pot lid equals innate kung fu mastery potential. Chess I can understand, and it makes sense why they call this movie the mystery of chess boxing, because the Iron Pot Master is just ridiculous unless it stars Cheech, Chong, or Snoop Dogg. The old master throws his pipe at Ah Pao and brings him to his knees. Ah Pao spars back, and the old master shows off his incredible agility and acrobatics. Jack Long looks smooth as silk when he moves from one stance to the next so effortlessly. Ah Pao, thinking he's being played, laughs off the play fight and goes over to the pot lid which has been embedded into the ground so deeply that he can't pull it out. Maybe the old man's good after all. Again, it's not the ass-whooping that Apao just got handed or the thrilling display of skill and control. It's the pot lid that convinces him that he's dealing with a kung fu master. When the light bulb does go off, Apao gets into a supplicant position and calls the old master his teacher. The old man, however, dismisses Apao and walks back into the house without a look back. Fearing he's blown his shot, Apao entreats the granddaughter to intercede on his behalf, and she's only too happy to do so. She goes in and asks dear old granddad to accept Apao as a student. He balks, but eventually agrees to at least talk to Ah Pao. Outside, he asks Ah Pao why he wants to learn Kung Fu, and yes, it does involve revenge. 
We cut to a flashback of Young, and by Young I mean at least several days, maybe a week earlier because Ah Pao doesn't look any younger, as he walks in to discover the body of his father and the iron plate left behind by Ghostface Killer. He killed my dad. And he left this. The old master looks at the plate and tells Ah Pao that the guy he's after is dead, to throw away the plate and give up his pointless vendetta. Naturally, Ah Pao resists, so the old master adds to the warning. You keep it, and you'll lose your life. Ah Pao uses that as leverage and says that if he becomes his student, then he'll have a better chance. The old master reluctantly agrees, and Ah Pao's got himself a new master. Meanwhile, we catch up with Ghostface Killer as he's going over the rest of his killing spree plans at a tea house. He asks the server about the old chess master who seems to have disappeared from the area. Dunno! Oh, uh, the people say he just uh, disappeared! Uh, it seems some fella came, uh, threatened him. He dismisses the server, then sits back down and makes a mark in his list. From there, we cut to Apao's former school, where the headmaster and some students are gathered around a body under a blanket. The body is that of the cook, Yun. The senior student asks the headmaster, who would do such a thing to Yun? Who do you think killed Yun? Who would dare to do that? I mean, Master Yun was pretty good. I know this. We're gonna find out. Back at the chess master's place, we've skipped ahead a month, and Ah Pao is being taught the finer arts of Shang-Chi, but he's getting fed up with having learned nothing but the strategy of the game. I don't want that. Want to learn Kung Fu? Well, in fact, you're already learning. Huh? Or haven't you heard, eh? The first virtue is to be calm. Calm must be the basis of Kung Fu. It's a mental discipline, and playing chess will teach you to achieve calmness of mind. I'll be sure to remember that the next time I'm being mugged in a back alley. You hold on there, you hooligan. Let me just break out my chessboard here and set this up. And Can you hand me that pawn that fell over there? I'll just be a second. You want to be white or black? Should we shoot for it? No, no, wait, wait. Poor choice of words. Meanwhile, a guy hauling wood in the forest senses someone following him, and he turns around, and yeah, Ghostface Killer. Fight scene. The guy discards his wood bundles and uses his staff as a weapon against the viciously effective five-element style. Mark Long again shows off a dazzling array of acrobatics as well as an incredibly impressive series of splits and flipping kicks that he uses to take out his opponent. Back with Ah Pao, we see that now he's training with some more traditional looking kung fu exercises that involves bouncing on bricks while throwing punches with heavily weighted hands. Regardless of how much physical exercise he goes through, it all comes back to chess as Ah Pao winds down with a game against his teacher. While they play, the old master decides that Ah Pao is ready to begin some serious kung fu training. Probo! Sushi Jackknife is a weekly show about depressed children's characters, dead soul of my mother that lives in the moon, and uh, <laughs> an apathetic Jorge shook his head no and walked off. Christmas Tuba Man. You've been brought here on a mission of the most high import Tuba Man. Planets of Miserable Slugs. So on this giant slug planet, I can't get over this idea. Giant slug planet. I, I, I really, there's one musical slug, just one? Just one. Just one? Yeah. And do his song for me and he day? And he just... He only plays it to torment the other slug. Super bananas from the past. He's a super banana from the past. He's from the past. He went to the future, but he's from the past. Walmart haiku. At last, dreams come true. Bullets, hot pockets, nose spray. All in the same place. (laughs) Original games. Number two. Yes. Who said it? Garrison Keillor or Lil Wayne? Uh Uh-huh. A girl in a bikini is like having a loaded pistol on your coffee table. There's nothing wrong with them, but it's hard to stop thinking about it. But that's a little No, dude. It's Garrison Keillor! 
Sushi Jackknife is over 50 episodes strong and as binge-worthy as The Vicar of Dibley. No one knows what that is. You're, you're right. I mean... No one knows. I mean, I know what it is. Is it, it necessary that people know what it is? Well, I mean, you just referenced an obscure British sitcom that no one watched. I mean, I watched it. You are literally... The, <laughs> the people on the show didn't watch it. Yeah. Anyway. The opening was a hymn. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like a lot of people know about hymns. No, but... I, I, no one cares. Okay. <laughs> Well, if you want, if it, like, comes around, like, listen to Sushi Jackknife. We're on iTunes and Stitcher and whatever, like, off of it. Yeah. Yeah. The next morning at dawn, Apa finds himself hanging from a rope with his ankles pulled into a split. The granddaughter is left in charge of hanging bricks on Apa's legs to make him stronger. Every half hour, she adds two more bricks. But the girl's leery of adding so much weight because of her little crush. Apa, meanwhile, cries wolf about how much he's struggling with, irks the granddaughter, who, of course, responds by throwing even more bricks on his load to spite him. We move into a training sequence that shows Apao working different exercises to strengthen his hands and his arms, as well as a rather punishing set that has the master swinging his staff at Apao and landing far more often than Apao can block. Apao is clearly making progress, though, as he's able to tear a thick rope in half with his bare hands. Elsewhere, Ghostface Killer is still collecting heads as he comes up on two men playing chess in the field. Chizu Tin, I found you. All these years, and you've not changed a bit. What do you want? What do you think I want? Alright, hang tight one second here, guys. Ghostface Killer earlier already said he didn't know Chisu Tin. This was backed up by him not killing the old chess master, who by now we all suspect to actually be Chisu Tin. But here, Ghostface Killer says that Chisu Tin hasn't changed a bit. And for his part, the guy at the table seems to be playing along with this. He dismisses his chess opponent, telling him that it's not his affair. Fight scene. Ghostface Killer and this chess player get into it, and this match looks pretty even early on. The chess player moves as gracefully and as powerfully as Ghostface Killer, but Ghostface Killer is simply more ferocious. He follows his sweeping kicks with hard punches and eventually is just too much for the player. Tell me, all these years that I've lived, I've made many foes, but you were not one though. You're wrong, but I know who you want, the chess king. You aren't him? No, I'm not. So this dummy gets called out by Ghostface Killer, using the wrong name, but he fights him anyway. Holds his own for a bit, and only when he's knocking on Death's door does he reveal that Ghostface Killer has the wrong guy. And to top that off, he knows who Ghostface Killer is looking for. But instead of doing the honorable thing and taking the info to his grave, this guy totally sells Chisu Tin out and even tells Ghostface Killer where to find him. Chess King, he, he's living now in the Dragon Mountains. While all of this is going down, Apao drops in on his old school to say hi to his old master, the cook. When he learns that Master Yun was killed, he takes the news back to Master Chi, who finally accepts that Ghostface Killer is real. Apao says that this is the guy that he wants revenge against, but Master Chi reminds him that he's not ready. Apao agrees and then resolves to work even harder to avenge his father and his former Master Yun. All he wants to know is why they had to die. Master Chi then goes on to explain who Ghostface Killer is and why he's so dangerous. Apparently, Ghostface Killer was a corrupt official who was really cruel to his subjects. The kung fu men in the town banded together to try and kill him, but he escaped, and now he's tracking them down one by one and taking them out. Master Chi looks at Ao Pao and sees how seriously he's taking the information. Right. Now I'll teach you properly. Now we get a more serious and intense training sequence with Master Chi watching every session closely. He barks out orders as Ao Pao shows off all the skills he's acquiring. Sometime later, Ao Pao has learned enough to break Ghostface Killer's Kung Fu, but Master Chi warns him to pay attention to the deadly five-element style that Ghostface Killer is known for. 
Master and pupil spar in a dynamic nighttime exchange as they go through all the individual elemental styles and the proper counters. At the end of one training session, Master Chi straightens up and looks Apao over. It seems that he's as ready as he's ever going to be. One day as Apao is traveling, he's lugging a cart when he comes upon a guy lounging on the road. Instead of moving, the guy purposely blocks the road, forcing Apao to have to carry the cart over the guy's outstretched legs. As he's stepping over, the guy trips Apao toppling his cart. Apao steps to the guy only to find out that it's the senior student from his school. They start to bicker right there on the road and Apao makes mention of the plate that he's been carrying. Unfortunately for him, strolling along nearby happens to be Ghostface Killer himself and his ears perk up at the mention of the plate. The senior student mouths off and announces that he's going to beat Apao with Chen Sin Kung Fu. And at the mention of that name, Ghostface Killer's ears perk up even more. The senior and Apao get into it again with Apao toying with his opponent as he breaks out everything he's got. Apao has an answer for every style and he does it with a smile. The senior plays this fight with a lot of camp and humor until Ghostface Killer himself steps into the fight. The senior tries to go toe-to-toe with Ghostface Killer as Apao quietly slips away from the scrum, not knowing what he had right in front of him. As he leaves, Ghostface Killer forces the senior student into submission and gives the senior a message to take back to his teacher. You tell your teacher, I'm gonna smash his skull! The senior takes the new iron plate to his teacher who is less than pleased to see it again. He's the Ghostface Killer! Did you know him? Teacher? The teacher decides that he has to close his school down for the safety of the students. To their credit, every one of the students, even the senior, decides that they're going to stay and fight. Only after being berated and essentially forced out do the students leave one by one. Sometime later, alone at the school, the headmaster has a visitor as Ghostface Killer finally comes a-calling. Ghostface Killer and the headmaster square off and both fighters display a crazy amount of skill and flexibility. The fight ranges all over the school, but it's over really quickly as Ghostface Killer lets his rage take over and bludgeons the headmaster with a sick barrage of kicks and punches. The final blow comes with a snap to his neck as the senior student happens to be watching from the wings. Ghostface Killer turns to see the senior, and this is enough to reduce the senior to a quivering mass of jelly. In exchange for the Ghostface Killer sparing his life, the senior tells him that Apao has a plate just like the one he threw at his headmaster. Ghostface threatens the senior with death if he doesn't deliver Apao to him in three days' time. Back with Master Chi, Apao is doing more training, but unbeknownst to them, the seniors found their mountain hideaway and is spying on them from behind the fence. We cut to a meeting with the senior and the Ghostface Killer where the senior is spilling all the beans. What? You mean that his teacher is that old man who used to play chess? Uh, sure. Right. That's fine. I'll get them all. Armed with this new info, the pair make their way back up the mountain to settle the score. Back up at the house, the granddaughter is laying out laundry on the line when the senior student pops up and grabs her. Her screams alert Master Chi, who rushes out to help, only to be confronted by the waiting Ghostface Killer. What follows is easily the best fight scene in the film. It's a full six-minute sequence with the Long Brothers pulling out all the stops in a battle that is just exhausting to watch. These two masters hurl each other around at crazy speeds. Their tumbles and flips are strung together in such a dynamic and dizzying fashion that it becomes a chore to try to figure out who's who. At times, it does seem like more of a circus act than a kung fu fight, but it's so thrilling to watch these two punch and counterpunch while engaged in this deadly dance. They call out their various styles as they fight with Ghostface Killer, naming his elemental techniques. Master Chi responds by calling out the counters, and the fight's a dead heat until Ghostface Killer exploits an opening and lands some hard palm strikes to Master Chi's chest and back. Pressing his advantage, he gets inside and locks Master Chi down while landing a series of brutal kicks to his chest. Only the arrival of Apao backs Ghostface Killer off enough for Master Chi to get to safety and catch his breath. Apao looks down and spots another iron plate, and when he recognizes it, he turns to Ghostface Killer 
and it is on. This is Adam. And David. And Kylan. We are the Mike Kings Podcast. A podcast about... Kentucky life, games, movies, TV, pop culture, current events, news, things that trigger us, life stories, sex, and overall life as a millennial. Check us out on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher, and on Twitter, all at The Mike Kings. Give it a listen. I promise it's good. Final fight. At this point, there's only five minutes left in the movie, and four minutes and 53 seconds of it is devoted to this last fight. And as thrilling as the fight between the Long Brothers was, this is every bit as intense. Ah Pao uncorks everything he's learned from Master Chi in a blisteringly paced fight. Though Ghostface Killer still looks like he has the upper hand most of the time, it's clear that Ah Pao has become quite formidable himself. However, he still falls just a bit short, so Master Chi starts calling in some plays from the sideline. After implementing some of the audibles, Ah Pao manages to land a hard kick to Ghostface Killer, which has to give him some pause. There's a really crazy sequence where Ah Pao fights Ghostface Killer while walking on his hands. Li Yi Min is a human jumping bean with the way he flies around the screen. As he continues to fight with the aid of Master Chi's coaching, he manages to do some real damage to Ghostface Killer, who begins to fight erratically and as such, more lethally. That's when Master Chi tags back in. Double horse! With Master and Student working in tandem, they give Ghostface Killer far more than he can handle. Master Chi and Ah Pao take turns using one another as living weapons, and we get an imposition of chess pieces moving on a board to reflect the chess boxing style that the pair are using. An overwhelmed Ghostface Killer is running out of steam, and this is the perfect opportunity for Ah Pao to try and finish things. We get a quick flashback to Ah Pao tearing that thick rope in half, which he reenacts in this fight scene, except he uses Ghostface Killer's arms instead. Ah Pao rips his arms out of their sockets and leaves them dangling grossly from his shoulder, clearly broken in several places. The practical effect for this looks really silly by today's standards, but it gets the point across. Another strike from Master Chi flips Ghostface Killer onto his back, where Ah Pao delivers the final blow, crushing his windpipe with his bare fingers. So what started out as an uneven movie ends with an amazing fight scene where our two heroes get to walk away. You can find this film online at all the normal places, though it might be called Ninja Checkmate too even though there is not a ninja in sight. Go check it out with some Wu-Tang playing in the background. You will enjoy it. Okay, gang, that's going to do it for this episode. I want to give a shout-out, as always, to the entire Pardon family on Twitter because I get to meet a lot of great podcast pals through that hashtag, like the guys from the Tipsy Cinema Review, who gave me an awesome review on iTunes and say hello from time to time on Twitter. These guys do a great job reviewing all kinds of films, from classics to campy capers, and they have a lot of fun doing it. Show them some love and tell them Jeff sent you. In the meantime... Catch me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, or drop me an email just to say hi. In the new year, I'm going to have some announcements regarding some cool stuff coming out, so stay tuned. There's a few more weeks left in this year, so I'm going to try to bang out a few more shows and end this year right. Until next time, Poison Clan, peace. Some action, drink a little wine, we get drunk and then we're fighting. Ha! This time we swap, we smash the place up with a dragon claws. We walk into the tea house, ready for some action. Drink a little wine, we get drunk and then we're fighting. Ha! 
This time it's warm We smash the place up with a dragon claw I see the iron fisted monk upon the daily prayers Shouting monks on the hands Running down the thousand stairs The fate of Lee Khan now's in King Yu's hands With the fearless Aida roaming over the land Yeah, the little bit soldier is older than wiser He wants a world of peace because he doesn't want to fight you got the venom mob laying down the law Bruce Lee delivered kicks guaranteed to great jars Fight for the cars then pause here the applause Not again back kicks will defeat the outlaws Very good, but boards don't hit back Yeah, the death jewel's here, David D is coming back The Tai Chi master, jelly's even faster Could chat a little drink because he is the drunken master Once upon a time a shiner Rosamund Kwan is real fine, but see Maggie show his spine Golden Swallow has arrived Shang Chi movies will the hero will survive We've got the brave archer make his way to the top Of the mountain gonna fight, may as well pick the spot Yeah, the sky goes black, cause the vampire's back We've got Lam Ching Ying to kill them all, so stand back You place the black magic on the soul of the sword And our sword will travel until his body's on floors Yeah, Wing Chun Shaol in the mountain style Yeah, defeat the enemy and watch him run for miles Blood will spill now on the mountain tops When we bring back the soul of the legendary pops Welcome to the tea house, ready for some action Drink a little wine, we're getting drunk and then we're fighting ha. This time it's warm, we smash the place up with a dragon claws We're walking to the tea house, ready for some action Drink a little wine, we're getting drunk and then we're fighting ha. This time it's warm, we smash the place up with a dragon claws See it's a game of death yo, you're facing the big boss It's once upon a time in China counting the TikTok The Shogun assassin slashing blood is just drip drop The head kick, neck drop, balance but won't stop Wanna kill Bill, better get the assassins He's got her just in yellow but she is in the dragon But in the tea rooms, that's where it'll happen She got the bodies on the floor when the blood It'll splatter against the walls, no fear at all To kill them all, there's always blood spilled When you head into a war, fearless Unleashed. The fist of legend that they call Jet Lee I'm Bolo Young, yo, I'll always be a beast You rumble in the Bronx, yo, I'm rumble in the streets And it's simple, see the facts are these There's only ever gonna be one Bruce Lee Welcome to the tea house, ready for some action Drink a little wine, we're getting drunk and then we're fighting ha. This time it's warm, so smash the place up with a dragon claws We're walking to the tea house, ready for some action Drink a little wine, we're getting drunk and then we're fighting